0: 703 on a Friday. Fiesta Friday. Got that Fiesta weather outside. You are listening to the Halpern and Bruff Show on SportsNet 650. Halpern and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer today. We are now in hour two of the program. Uh, hour two is brought to you by Primetime Craft Beer. Primetime is the ultimate craft beer experience from Bridge Brewing. Pick up a six-pack at your nearest liquor store or visit them at the brewery, Bridge Brewing. Go ahead, Jason. Tell me about Kintec. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio.
1: Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google
0: reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? Kintec. okay, if you would like to win a $100 gift card to the best pizza place in Vancouver, AJ's Pizza on East Broadway, get an Ask Us Anything in. Ask us anything. You can literally ask us about anything, sports or otherwise. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Uh, text hashtag AUA and put a pizza emoji into the text. You'll be entered into the grand prize contest to win a $100 gift card. $100 to spend at AJ's Pizzeria. Speaking of, he joins us now on the line. It's AJ He's from AJ's Pizza on East Broadway here on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. What up,
2: AJ? Good morning. How's everybody? It seems a little cold there.
0: Okay, so I want to point this out, that in addition to making great pizza, you're also smarter than everyone else, because you got the hell out of here when the (laughs) temperatures dropped to minus 12, and you're in sunny Southern California. What? What? I know. I don't want to say that I'm jealous, but I I am extremely jealous right now.
2: My apologies, it is. It's plus 13 right now. The The sun is rising. I know. I know. But uh, I'm back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow, it's supposed to be still like okay. minus six or seven.
0: Right? It, it is. It's still freezing cold here tomorrow. So, <laughs> But here's what everybody can do is they can uh, hide from the cold. They can bundle up. They can go inside, and they can go to your place every day this weekend and Monday because there's three days and three nights of uh, NFL wildcard weekend action. Before we get into anything that's going on at your shop, AJ, uh, you are, for those that don't know, the a diehard Cowboys fan, and the Cowboys have a classic NFC rivalry this weekend. The Packers are coming to Dallas. Seven and a half point favorites, these Cowboys are. How nervous are you? Given their history in the playoffs, AJ, how nervous are you that this game is in Dallas and they're the second biggest favorite on the board going into this weekend?
2: Just look up the definition of trepidation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean it just is what it is, right? I I I I I think if it was anybody else, no one would be. And not that not that the Packers haven't played haven't played well in the last month and a half, but I just think because it's the Cowboys, everybody. I think the Cowboys should beat them handedly, but they're the Cowboys.
0: Uh, if p- folks are going to come out, so a reminder for everyone: the Cowboys game is the one thirty on Sunday. So if you want to stop off right. and get some, if you basically Sunday's your day, if you want to wake up drink beer eat pizza and watch football that's the day but there's two games on saturday and there's the monday nighter uh, on monday as well so what's going on at aj's pizza on east broadway for the next few days folks want to come by and check out some nfl action
2: well we're open up i mean we're open at 10 on sunday for that buffalo game nice we have a a ton of diehard buffalo fans and then it's obviously it's happy hour all day and yeah right come and get warm and that 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 oven is those ovens are blazing at 500 degrees, so it'll it'll, uh, it'll it'll keep everybody warm and healthy.
0: Beautiful. Okay, well, I'll say this. Enjoy the rest of your time in Southern California. Fly safe. Try and stay warm. Uh, enjoy the weekend. And I'll say this because we're friends. Best of luck to your Cowboys this weekend.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank I, you I do not concur. <laughs>
0: Best Dad, of luck to the okay, Packers. Rough. I knew you I knew, I knew. learned. <laughs> right. Thanks, AJ. See appreciate it, buddy. Everybody.
2: Take care, guys. Bye. See
0: you later. That's uh, AJ from AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. Authentic style Brooklyn pizza. You can dine in or order online. That's important for this cold weekend if you don't want to venture outside and you want to make somebody else do it for you. Uh, You can order online at ajs.pizza. I think that's the coolest thing about he's got great pizza. It's a cool vibe, but he has a, a website with a suffix .pizza. That's amazing. That's yeah. really good. That's from the country of pizza. <laughs> it's a little known fact: there's a pizza country. It's short for Pizzatonia. <laughs> <laughs> Dot pizza. Okay. Um, I gotta take a deep breath. We're gonna do our locks of the week. It's dwindling down now, right? It's playoff time. We don't have the full slate anymore. And I'm also sighing out loud because, and I, uh, this is a tease for mine. I'll do mine second. Mm-hmm. But um, my lock of the week was not so much picked by me, but forced upon me. I felt like I had to do it. Okay. 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 That's, so
1: that's, that's, that's a weird, handicapping. I know, I know, but,
0: but that's why, that's mm-hmm. why I put it out there because now people are intrigued. Okay. So lock of the week presented by play now sports betting on NFL playoff games this weekend. If you are, you can receive a $10 free bet when you make a same game parlay wager of $25 or more on NFL playoff games at play now sports, visit playnow.com forward slash N F L. S G P single game parlay to learn more conditions apply. You must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense, Jason Bruff, What is your lock of the week?
1: I am going with the Cleveland Browns minus two in Houston, partly, partly with my heart because I'm an old guy now and Mm -hmm. I'm on the Joe Flacco bandwagon, but mostly because I love miles Garrett and this Cleveland defense. And even though, C.J. Stroud deserves a lot of credit. He had a great rookie season. He's still a rookie. And you never know how rookies are going to respond in their first postseason action when the game speeds up and the pressure ramps up. And Miles Garrett had a great quote about the Browns needing to speed the game up for him and he was saying you know we'll see how he does when the bullets start flying Cleveland's defense finished number one in the NFL in total yards passing yards and third down efficiency pretty good it's also worth noting that CJ Stroud did not play when the two teams met during the regular season so he didn't really get a chance to experience Miles Garrett, and the Browns' defense. That uh, was an easy win for the Browns, by the way. I believe, if memory serves correct, Case Keenum yeah, didn't have right. a great game that day, and he might have even been pulled for Mills? Davis Mills. Davis Mills, yes. right. So at any rate, I really like this Cleveland defense. Good luck to Sat in this. He needs this. His Browns have given him all sorts of... Struggles, but the Browns have uh, overcome a lot this year and they are going to overcome the Houston Texans. Give me the Browns minus two over the
0: Texans. Lock of the week. This lock of the week thing. Like I said, sometimes you choose the locks, sometimes the locks choose you. This is something that I had to do. I had to do it. It's the worst game of the weekend. They saved it for Monday night. It's the worst team in the playoffs going up against the team. In the worst form going into the playoffs, but I almost have to take the Eagles on Monday night. Do I not? Here's the thing. Yeah, little you, 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 you kind of do. Yeah, little backstory okay. for you. I know what you're talking about now. Out there, over the past week, <laughs> the loud vocal minority known as local Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans have been all over me because at the beginning of the year I said Tampa Bay stinks. And then, in the middle of the year, I said Tampa Bay still stinks. Then at the end of the year, when Tampa Bay finished a remarkable nine and eight and made the playoffs, (laughs) uh, I said Tampa Bay still stinks and they do. So with that, I now have to turn my attention and I have to back this. I have to put money where my mouth is and say that, yes, I'm going to back the Eagles here, despite the fact that the Eagles have lost five of their last six and that three of those losses came to non-playoff teams, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants. I know all this. I know there's not a team in the playoff field playing as bad as the Eagles right now, but that's where you find the value. Folks, that's where you find the value. Look, I'll just put it this way. The Eagles have already beaten Tampa Bay this year. They beat them 25 to 11 back in week three. They handled them. You know how they did it? Basic football. They ran the hell out of the football. They ran a ton of plays. They had time of possession. They didn't let Tampa Bay get the ball. And when they did, Tampa Bay couldn't score. Blueprint is there. That's enough for me. Take the Eagles, minus three. And when they do cover, be happy that they've taken the stinky Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the playoffs and ended their season. Lock it up. Lock it away. Experience the thrill of every pass, every touchdown, and every win during the NFL playoffs with Play Now Now Sports, BC's safe and secure betting site. You must be 19-plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. Again, I didn't want to do it. But I had to. Apparently, I've got uh, a
1: Houston Texans fan that is angry now. Good. <laughs> Good. I love this city. Everyone's like, if, if, if there's, like, one Houston Texans fan in this city, like, that fan is angry at our show. Um,
0: I... I, I Here's the th- it's not If that. there's
1: one Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But it's not you know what it is though. Is
0: angry. Do it's, they feel like they have to fight everyone just because there's not many of them no, no, in no, this no, city? No, no, no. It's not that they they get angry about the pick. It's they uh, when you don't pick their team, their default response 100 times out of 100 is you know nothing about football. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Because what it is is like we didn't point out who uh, their extra linebacker is when they switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4. You don't even know who the nickel corner is? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are idiots. Someone said the other day, you could fit all of your football knowledge into a thimble, Mm -hmm. to which I replied, you can't even put knowledge in a thimble. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Well, if it's on a microchip. Sure. That's true. Right? Anyway, I would not worry about the (laughs) Houston Texan fan. Believe me, don't worry. Yeah. But uh, And then someone just texts in, how dare you call my bucks stinky? They stink. Baker Mayfield stinks. Sorry. It's not my fault. Kind of my fault. Anyway. So I threw out a question
1: to the listeners about the Canucks uh, heading into this segment as we move on from football. Stinks. Um, <laughs> is it going to be tough for Canucks fans to change their mindsets from constantly selling at the deadline to buying? And maybe... The question should just be, is it going to be tough for Canucks fans to change their mindsets? And Period. I'll tell you why I came up with this question. When I suggested including Hoaglander in a potential trade for Gensel, a bunch of people responded that that would be a Jim Benning type of move. And it wasn't
0: a compliment. It hey, was oh, not a compliment. I okay. saw that in the notes. You're like, He called it a Jim Benning move, and then in brackets you're like, and it wasn't a compliment. I wanted to add brackets. I'm like, who thought it was? <laughs> But here's the thing. Benning never had a
1: team in the position the Canucks are right now. Jim Benning's problem is he would trade futures or use a bunch of cap space to add to a team that wasn't very good. And those additions would not move the needle. And not only would they not move the needle and the team would remain bad, they had very little sell-on value. And that was one of the very frustrating things about the last decade, around a decade of hockey in Vancouver. This Canucks team is good. Have you seen them over the last few games? Have you seen them all season? And I wonder if we might need to wrap our heads around the fact that the time for this team is now. Now. Some of you might be yelling out, it's only been half a season. Is the time really now? Or I know a lot of you, and I've said this before, like when it comes to a guy like Hoaglander, when you're good, those players become of even more importance on your salary cap because they are providing value for, they're providing value. Cost-controlled. Right? Yeah, they're cost-controlled and... Um, you know, it's a low cap hit in on a team that certainly next season is going to have some challenges because they're going to have to pay Petey a lot. They're going to have to pay horonic a lot. They're going to probably lose some guys, but you know, th- things have changed so quickly in Vancouver that. Um, I, I still do think that some people are caught a little bit in the old school thinking of, or not the old school thinking, in a rebuild state of mind, right? Like, oh, you don't trade your young guys. You don't trade futures, right? You don't do that. How, how can you trade futures? I, I You know, there's one guy that responded to me on Twitter. He's like, like, Hoaglander's forechecking is going to be one of the keys to winning the Stanley Cup. And I'm like, have you seen what Gensel does in the playoffs?
0: Scores goals, baby. He could probably like
1: Nils, Nils Hoaglander is still a fourth-line player on this team, right? Yep. And Now, yep. if your main argument is that I really like Hoaglander and I think one day he could be a 30-goal scorer and I don't want to see him traded away for a rental because it's really hard to win a Stanley Cup and the key to winning a Stanley Cup is really to give yourself a repeated chances at winning the Stanley Cup as opposed to going all in on one year, I have time for your argument. okay? But here's the thing. Trading Nils Hoaglander for a rental is not, as some people put it on Twitter, moving all your chips into the middle of the pile.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good (laughs) point. You know, like that's that's, – it's trading
1: Nils Hoaglander, who I appreciate what he's done this season, but what is he right now? He's still a fourth liner that I think the coaching staff has a little bit of trouble trusting. He plays, what, 11 or 12 minutes Does he play any special teams? Like, does he play at all on the power play or the PK? If that's the price to add a better, like, a much better player, like I'm talking about a Gensel, for a playoff run. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I'm at the position where I'm I'm willing to entertain those thoughts without going back to this
0: mindset like, the Canucks can't trade futures, the Canucks can't trade futures. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can. Yeah. Yes, I, they can. Uh, there are the scars of trade deadlines past and trades past that still have a very clear mark on this fan base. For example, in your Hoaglander tweet that you just alluded to, I saw one of the responses as, can't trade him. It'll be Jared McCann all over again. I'm like, wow, the, the scars run deep. They, they, they've they affected this fan base. And that's fair. It'll be Cam Neely all over again. Yeah, we can go down that road if we want. Just break out that one. But here is maybe another way of looking at it. Audio from Merrick and Friedman uh, talking about J- Jim Rutherford's approach and the Canucks' approach to this trade deadline within the framework of of the Elias Pettersson contract. Interesting spin. It might make you re-litigate how you feel and think about adding at the deadline. Here now, Frege and Merrick.
3: Will they push in all the chips this year? They're starting to talk like it. There's no question like that.
4: (laughs) You know what I think one of the real interesting things is like, I'm honestly tired of talking about Pedersen. Like, I, I really am. I just want to appreciate the way they're playing. Um, but again, I had a, I was, I was talking to someone on Thursday, and I thought they made a really good point to me, and that is, if you have any reason to believe that you can't get Pedersen signed long-term, you probably have to go for it this year. And I do think the Canucks will take one more run, at least asking them about, are we ready to talk? And... And I think it's very possible that Pedersen punts it. It's just the way he's kind of gone. But, again, I want to stress, I think Vancouver is is very confident they're going to put themselves in position to get this done. But if there's any chance that you think you don't, does that not, and I'm just throwing this out there, you tell me what you think, does that not mean you have to go for it? They've got a really good team. A really good team.
3: I kind of look at this season, and to me, the Pedersen question isn't even one, at least not to me. I just look at this season and with everybody healthy and what they're doing. Like I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much on those those three games uh, in New York. You know the the Jer- the Jersey game, the, the Kings game of New York, and the and and the Island. Like, like everybody, like we're only too happy to see Vancouver leave in that area. Now they left with six points, kicked stand in everybody's face, and took their per diem and and hustled off, but. Like, that looks like a team, like, we always wonder, like, hey, a team hitting their stride, team hitting their stride. This Vancouver Canucks team hit their stride early in the season and haven't left it. And it's just, I think that, you know, the 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 Pedersen piece of this conversation hasn't even entered my mind. It's just, okay, you know what? Find one more forward, one more defenseman at trade deadline and go for it.
1: So I want to read a few texts about Hoaglander into the Dunbar-Lumber text line because I think a lot of people have rightly identified Hoaglander as a possible trade chip um, that teams would want, right? And you got to give to get at the trade deadline, and maybe the Canucks will be in the position of saying, you know what, we we like Hoaglander a lot. We value him a lot, and it's going to take a big A big piece coming back and maybe not even a rental for us to move on from Nils Hoaglander. Um, We got one text. I would just be cautious about trading Hoaglander because of how much he means to this team's identity. What?
0: Do Do you think Nils Hoaglander is setting the identity for this team? No, I mean I appreciate you cherry picking that. that's, that's why he's on I, all the ads, you know. And that show feels the like Canucks. a pretty that feels like a pretty no. Weak but I, I'm like, seeing
1: more on. and more of come this. Like, but this is the exact same sort of response that I got. Like, Hoaglander's forechecking will be a key to the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup. What? Some of
0: these things we shouldn't.
1: Ramon texts in. Do you think they trade one of Petey's best friends? Though, sure, if it helps them. <laughs> and Petey knows the deal. Petey wants to win. Yeah, he wants to win. Do you think if Petey, do you think, do you think Petey would leave because they traded one of his best friends?
0: No, 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 no. Again, I feel like we're cherry picking some really weak. We're not. There's a lot of them coming in here. Like again, I understand how fan bases warm up and get enamored by guys that they've seen grow up with them, and that's Hoaglander, right? When he burst onto the scene, he was that one shining light, that one beacon of light in an otherwise dark year when he burst in as a rookie and scored all his goals. And I think a lot of people are enamored by the style that he brings to the table. I think a lot of people like I like I, I like him, too. Right. I like him, too. That's so the you can point. Sometimes you, have, some, yeah. you can understand why people don't want to part with him. There are other Canucks that didn't enamor themselves to the fan base that fans were more than happy to jettison out. But to suggest that this goes beyond... Like, the the actual player and what his market value is. Like, the the Pedersen friendship thing, that's comical. Um, The saying that he's somehow part of the cultural and identity and fabric of the team. Like, come on. He's a fourth-line player. Can I read one more? Eric from
1: Surrey. Hoaglander, in my opinion, is going to be way better than Mikheyev probably already is. They should trade Ilya or Kuzmenko. Hoaglander works harder than both. He has more grit and strength than both. Kuzmenko is not even part of the the question. If they're going to trade, like I'm, I'm pretty sure Kuzmenko is going to get traded if they add because, um, you know, I feel like they might be loath to trade Myers because he does play such a big role for this team. Kuzmenko, I don't even know would get into a playoff game. I honestly don't even know. I don't know if there's a trust there to put him into a playoff game. And if they are able to trade Kuzmenko, first of all, they do have a good story to tell at 39 goals last season. Surely there might be a team out there that would be excited about adding a player like Kuzmenko. Um, And, um, you know, they're going to need the cap space Mm -hmm. in order to add a player. But the comparison between Ilya and uh, Ilya Mikheyev and and Nils Hoglander, Eric from Surrey, in my opinion, is going to be way better than McKeeav, but he isn't right now. Also, he isn't
0: right now. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna be which away- is which
1: is my whole point. Like and maybe, and maybe, hey, feel free to push back on me if you think I've gone way too far to over to the other side from like uh, you, we got to rebuild, stop trading away draft picks into like the t- the time is now, let's go. Yeah. But the more I look at the NHL, the more I watch the Canucks play, and not only how they played the season, how they've improved this season. Mm-hmm. They started the season really well. I think they're playing even better.
0: They might have just had their
1: best road trip of the season. I look at the, I'm gonna have the best, best road trip of ever. Yeah, right. You know, I I look at how you know there are good teams obviously in the NHL, but I don't see a team that is completely unbeatable in the NHL. Wouldn't it be kind of nice to get aggressive here and let's take a chance? like let's get out of this mindset of the future the future the future the future and enjoy this team right now because they might have a chance. Even if they don't win the Stanley Cup, let's have some excitement. Let's win a
0: series or two in, in the playoffs. Uh, lots more Canucks talk to come here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. You're home with the Canucks. Moj is going to join us next. Bob the Moj Marjanovic, who in addition to being a NFL and CFL expert, is now also a Canucks beat writer. Such a versatile guest. He's going to join us at 730, 8 o'clock. Uh, the premier Canucks insider in this city, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV, is going to join us as he does every Friday. It's also Ask Us Anything Friday. We'll get to some of those, and we're giving away a $100 gift card to AJ's and tickets to see the 32 Thoughts live show at Wicket Hall in Victoria, on Thursday, January the 18th. Lots more to go. We're at the midway point of a Friday show. You're listening to the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650.
2: The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Dranz. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: It's the mooch.
2: I did not eat four
6: burgers.
5: Yes it's the moat. I don't want to go to Winnipeg nobody wants to go to Winnipeg Yes I love food it's the
6: moch. I went online and kind of did a little surfing
2: Jamalaya. Yes it's
6: the mouse Halpert's fine but you know Bruce is grumpy all the time Mouse moat, moch, moch, moat, 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 moat,
5: moat, 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 mouse moat, 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 mouse mouse moat, moat. The
0: mooch, It's the mulch. 734 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today we are in hour two of the program. Hour two is brought to you by uh, Bridge Brewings Primetime Craft Beer. Meticulously brewed for quality and taste. Prime time is full flavor without compromise. You can find it at your nearest liquor store, or you can visit the brewery to see how it's made. Uh, let's go to the phone line, shall we? We're joined now as we are every Friday by Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Brush Show
6: on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? Good morning, gentlemen. You know, there's a positive thing about doing this. Because I'm looking out my window now. I'm actually seeing the sun come up, so that's a good sign because usually... 7.30 was always dark, so the days are getting, well, they're getting longer,
0: hopefully. And colder. Much, much colder. Yeah, thank uh, We need to start, you know, we, we were talking earlier about what a versatile guest you are. So you're like a food expert, CFL expert, NFL expert, and you're also, of course, now like an embedded Canucks journalist. So we're actually, <laughs> we're going to start... With the Canucks, and I know that you had a piece out recently talking about something that we've talked about throughout the week, That just how remarkable this turnaround has been from the Canucks year to year. Like, if this keeps trending in this direction, this is going to be one of the biggest point jumps in recent memory in the National Hockey League. I like think the Canucks, it's, it truly is remarkable uh, how much they've turned this around and how big a point disparity they're going to have from last year to this year. Yeah, and you know,
6: guys... Vancouver was in Pittsburgh almost at the exact same time last year. I think maybe off by a day, if not the same it day. was Yeah, It
0: was you're, very, you're close. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I went back and I looked at their lineup that night. And you, you look at their defensive core. It's been completely revamped. I mean, the only two guys remaining from that defensive core from a year ago are Hughes and Myers. So, you look at what they did and how Jim Rutherford has gone about that. Brock Besser had that trade request at that point. So, you know, there was a lot of talk that he could be on the move. Um, Bruce Boudreau was on his last legs. And, you know, people were talking about tanking for Connor Bedard. Fast forward a year later, the blue line's completely revamped. Bessers are, what, top five scorers in the league. And people are talking Stanley Cup. So it's just, it's been absolutely amazing. And, you know, props to Jim Rutherford. I think he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit in the sense that, you know, he's the guy that brought in Tockett. They're the, I mean, the front office, he along with Patrick Elvin, um, you know, completely revamped that blue line. Um, it's it's just been an amazing turnaround. And, you know, I'll I'll take the L on this because I was kind of like Drance on this one. I was, last year, it's like, you know, maybe it's time to kind of gut this thing rather than being in the mushy middle. But, man, you got to give him props. It's just been amazing.
1: Yeah, I definitely had let's gut this thing. I'm pretty sure I said that a few times on on the show, and I'm being proven very wrong about that. Um, And, you know, I just think I also wondered if this core of players had what it took to be the type of team that has good habits and the type of team that holds each other to account. And I think you should credit the way everyone seems to be aligned you know, And I think that starts with Jim Rutherford, who hired Patrick Galvin, who he has a good relationship with and he trusted um, to go out and do kind of the dirty work of the general manager job of making the calls and going out and finding the players and then finding the right coach in Rick Tockett and then Rick Tockett, in turn, empowering a leadership group um, that starts with Quinn Hughes as the new captain. And of all the names that we bandied about, I don't think there's one player that's been more impressive to me than Quinn Hughes, not only for how he's played, which is at a Norris Trophy level, but for his leadership and the way he's handled the role as captain. He seems like a real natural at it. Is Quinn Hughes your MVP of the season, or is it someone else? And feel free to pick a coach or a general manager or president of Hockey Ops if you want.
6: Well, for the Canucks, I mean, for me, yeah, it's Quinn Hughes. And as I mentioned in my last column, I mean, this is he's the engine that drives the team, right? So, and, his, and, you know, here's the other thing, too. Everybody talks about the pieces that they brought in. Let's not forget about the improvement internally, whether it's Quinn Hughes or even a guy like Tyler Myers. But the guy that really stands out for me is Brock Besser. And I say that because he has become so much better defensively. And there was a play the other night on the four check, I think it was against the Devils where it was just inside the New Jersey blue line. He kind of caught a guy from behind, puck battle, got the puck and they wound up, he passed it over to to whoever it was, maybe Miller or Pedersen, I can't remember, and they had a scoring opportunity out of it. Just his battle level, his compete level, to me, he's become a much tougher, grittier player to play against. I'm not saying he's, you know, like a power forward or anything along that lines, but you just look at the goals that he scored, too. Besser, before, I mean, we talk about the shot. Well, he's scoring everywhere now. He's scoring, you know, off the rush. He's scoring off the shot on the power play. He's scoring in front of the net on rebounds. He's scoring on deflections. To me, when I'm looking at how the Canucks have been transformed and how they become more complete players overall, I think is probably the best example.
0: We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovich here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay, let's pivot to the National Football League or Moj. Biggest news of the morning is that it did not take long for the new placement for Bill Belichick. Gerard Mayo, 37 years old, not that far removed from his playing days as a linebacker from the Patriots, goes from linebackers coach to head coach. Uh, you have it here. Why does Bob Kraft uh, hire himself not a rah-rah motivational guy, but a guy internally that worked under Belichick and maybe knows the system a little bit more?
6: Well, I mean, I think I was talking about the rah-rah stuff. To me, that was more of why he hired Belichick in the first place. Um, I know, like, looking back, I had the opportunity to talk to Kraft one time at a Super Bowl, and I said, what is it about Belichick? I mean, he's not that motivational speaker type guy right and he hired Belichick he told me because the fact that he knew the economics of football right so that was the one thing that really impressed Kraft when it came to Belichick's hiring now when it comes to Mayo I don't know like you know what he sees in Mayo not that close to that situation but I'll say this going from assistant to head coach on the same team is probably one of the toughest things you can do in coaching Because as an assistant, you have a certain relationship with players, right? When you become the head coach, there's a football expression, you're the guy now that wears the hat. And that's just the term they use. Um, So all of a sudden, now you're the guy that has to be the bad guy. You're the guy that has to make the tough decisions. You're the guy that has to discipline players. So it's going to be an interesting transition. And, um, man, it's going to be tough. And here's the other concern that I have, guys. When you look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree, tell me who has come un, who has come off that tree that's had an outstanding or a very good career as a head coach.
1: Not many, not maybe, many. That's, maybe Vrabel.
0: Do we
6: ready? Yeah, to, maybe. I mean, you know? there, there's a maybe, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting, right? It's just uh, I just I look at Belichick and I just look at the career that he had, and it's just it's amazing. And, and you know, one of the things that I think he was really good at was bringing in players who understood concepts. When you look at the Patriots over the years, they had the highest percentage of college grads on their team. He brought in smart players, players that could understand multiple concepts. And when you played the Patriots, you had a lot of players that, you know, you'd call hybrids, right? And that allowed for New England to, to play defensively, especially at a different level, because you had a guy who could, you know, in one situation play rush end, in another situation he could play, you know, safety or linebacker or whatever the case may be so they had a lot of versatility that way under belichick and that was one of the biggest reasons they had success because if you look at the patriots over the years tell me how many hall of fame players other than tom brady that were on that roster over what the 24 years that belichick coached them.
1: it feels and like and they I'm should talking, have more you know yeah. but i'm yeah. talking
6: about the hall of fame guys in their prime i mean yeah they had like junior sale and mm-hmm. Telling end of his career randy moss i'm talking like in their primes known as patriots getting into the hall so yeah it's, it was an amazing run and, and by the way what a crazy 24 hours eh belichick carol and saban right mm-hmm. and i did a piece today on about those three and some playoff predictions as well and how they're all connected i mean carol belichick belichick replaces carol in new england they have the super bowl tie of course um, Belichick and Saban are extremely good friends. You probably saw that documentary, The Art of Coaching. I mean, Saban is defensive coordinator in Cleveland for four years, and there's even a connection between Carroll and Saban. Although it's not, it's a thread more than a connection. They never coached against one another at the college level um, or the pro level. But Carroll was at Ohio State. He left as the DB was the DB coach there. Left to the North Carolina State, probably North Carolina to be the head, uh, the defensive coordinator. And the guy who replaced him at Ohio State as DB coach was Nick Saban. So they're all kind of connected in one way, shape, or form.
1: You know, it's funny. When Pete Carroll was first hired by the Seahawks, I was kind of – uh, I don't know about this guy, and a lot of it was because I was a Husky. F- I'm, I am a Husky fan, and he coached USC, so I kind of had that natural disdain for anyone who coached USC, especially all the success that the Trojans had. I also wondered if his rah-rah stuff would work in the NFL um, as he leaves the organization. I have nothing but. Admiration for a guy that brought the level of passion and and enthusiasm he did to every day on the job. That is, that takes a lot of energy. It takes a good mindset. And um, how hard do you think it's going to be for the Seahawks to replace this passionate coach?
6: Well, I mean, it's going to be tough. You're talking about a guy who has won championships at the NFL and NCAA level. And there's not too many people that can say that, Um, you know, but clearly they, they want to go in a different direction and I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a head coach, but uh, I know one thing, Pete Carroll still wants to coach That does Belichick. And it's amazing considering their age and what they've accomplished, but man, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Seahawks move forward because you know, to me, I think they're one of those teams right now. And, you know, we've used this term with the Canucks. We just talked about it. The mushy middle, right? Um, I just, I, I mean, ask yourself this question. Can you win a Super Bowl or will you win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith? Right. No. The answer is no. Okay. All right. So if you're not, then let's move along. Let's Let's start building towards being a Super Bowl championship caliber team, right? So. Um, maybe they have to kind of gut it in a way. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in Seattle moving forward because they've got some big decisions to make.
0: We're speaking to Bob, the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. A Moj is a presentation of the Clayton public house pregame to postgame. The Clayton public house is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors. Visit them online at the ClaytonPub.com. Moj, there's now seven NFL coaching vacancies after uh, the Patriots hired uh, Gerard Mayo We talked about this yesterday. Seattle's one of them. It's Atlanta, Carolina, Vegas, Los Angeles Chargers, Seattle, Tennessee, and Washington. I'll give you a second to think about it, but of those seven, which would be the most desirable job to take if you're a free agent coach right now? Falcons, Panthers, Raiders, Chargers, Seahawks, Titans, or the Commanders?
6: I'd probably take the Seahawks. Um, And I say that because they're a team that's, that's pretty good. Um, you have an organization that's known for its stability, that's known for good ownership. Um, so if I had to take a pick, I would probably go with Seattle. I mean, the Raiders change coaches like, you know, most of us change T-shirts, right? I mean, I don't know, I think they've had like 13 coaches in the last <laughs> 20 years. So there's uh, the Raiders I'd stay away from. You look at certain teams, like, you know, talent deficiencies, a team like Carolina, perhaps. Um, Chargers wouldn't be a bad get either. I mean, I think there's some talent on that football team. So maybe that's another organization that you would look at. But if I kind of had to take my pick, it would probably be the Seahawks.
0: Okay, and before we let you go here, Moj, normally we do an Ask Us Anything, but we're going to flip the script a little bit because you have a big announcement about your annual Super Bowl shows. What can you tell us, bud?
6: Yes, uh, we will be on Sportsnet 650. We'll be airing our shows from 10 to midnight Tuesday through Saturday on Sportsnet 650 from Las Vegas. So we'll go down there, rack up a whole bunch of interviews during the course of the day, and then uh, on, well, 10 o'clock nightly from Tuesday all the way through Saturday, I believe, we will have all of our Super Bowl content ready for you. So looking forward to it.
0: Beautiful. Moj, look forward to working with you again. Uh, enjoy. I mean, we'll talk to you before you go down to the Super Bowl, but enjoy all the games this weekend, and we will do this again next Friday. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks. That's Bob bo- bo- Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Alfred and Bruff. Show. Boob
1: the
5: Moj Marjanovic. <laughs> Uh
1: Let's do some Ask Us anything. let ask us anything Friday yeah. on the Alfred and Bruff Bruf Show. Um, Juan from Comox. Ask us anything. What's the coldest place you've been to
5: oh i could easily i've been across canada probably close to 25 times mm-hmm. and in the winter many of those times i've pretty much been to every city in canada i think outside of like newfoundland and the yukon is
1: there a moment is there a moment that stands out for you where you're like i've never been this yes. cold yes where was the that? The coldest
5: I've ever been was in Calgary out of all places. And there are way ho- there are way colder places in Canada, but sure. for some reason that one particular night in Calgary, I think it hit like minus 46, 45 with mm-hmm. wind chill, and we were loading our gear into the van literally 5 seconds, any more than 5 seconds and you just your body just shuts down. You're just right. like, nope, you can't move anymore. This is not humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Nobody can survive in this climate. Please go back inside. Like, so, it's one
1: of those things where you get on the TV news, like, frostbite will hit you in 20
5: seconds. Yeah. yeah. It was, I'd never experienced a, a cold that deep and that quick. Alfred, have you ever been in the cold like that? It was brutal. I feel like you haven't. You know what? The,
0: um, it was cold. It wasn't like record temperature colds, but it was like minus 10. The two coldest wherever were in the Midwest of the United States, it was in Columbus and it was in Michigan. It got down to minus 10, but it was such a different cold because right. it was, Dry and barren, and mm-hmm. it was like the the snow. It was different snow. Yeah, because we have wet, heavy snow here right. on the West Coast. Right, the stuff in the Midwest. Your nasal passages are like, hey man, what's going on yeah, here? Why <sighs> is everything so dry? <laughs> the snow moves around like sand. It's it's it was bizarre. It was a totally unique cold. I'll say that the cold, and, and it only happened in we were in Ann Arbor for the the at the big house for the yeah. Winter Classic, and then we were in Columbus for the All Star game. Mm. Which was so you minus have- uh, thirty?
1: No, I've been in the minus forty with a wind chill below that in Saskatchewan, um, and, and this wasn't the time. But the two thousand and three Grey Cup was in Regina, and I know I've told this story a few times. But uh, when the sun went down, which was pretty close to the start of the game, it felt like I was on the moon. Yeah. Like, there's no sense of heat. Nothing. Nothing. Right, right. Like there's no um and Brian Adams was the halftime show. <laughs> this is so Canadian. And I I, well, I mean it was a pretty good get for for the Super Bowl or sorry, for the, the Grey Cup. Yeah. And so I wanted to see Brian Adams and it was the Eskimos versus the Alouettes. In the in the Grey Cup, and after Brian Adams performed, I was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, I've seen enough. <laughs> My friends wouldn't let me go, but it was it was just like there is nothing for me here. I do not care who wins this game. And credit to Brian Adams, who actually that how, how tough I must that imagine. be to for all the the guys that got to play like guitar? How cold your hands must be do, do, they must have to have them like heated up before the show warm your hands up because if oh, you yeah. went there's, up there there's with heavy like, warm ups and there's yeah, lot, yeah. there'll
5: be lots of heated uh, like heated fans or whatever like uh, the heating vents heat or whatever heat mm-hmm. lamps thank you yeah. around, around the stage like yeah there's, it's Playing in cold weather is not fun as a musician. Uh, speaking of
0: the weather and bitterly cold temperatures, all of you out there in Listenerland, a friendly reminder to drive safely, take extra caution, take extra time. Uh, I saw the roads yesterday, and I can imagine they're not much better this morning. A lot of you are on your uh, morning commute as we kind of shift over to the eight o'clock hour here, which is prime time for the commute. Well, with kids going to school and everything, so be safe. You be safe out there, kids. I'm going to set up the final hour of this show. It's the final show of the week. It is a Friday, so we have a ton to do in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we're going to talk to Rick Dolly while coming up. As we steer back into the Canuck stock on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. We'll talk to Dolly about what the Canucks may or may not do with the trade deadline. God forbid they try and move Nils Hoaglander based on some of the responses into the Dunbar Lumber text line. <laughs> Speaking of the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650, 650. If you want to win a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway, send an Ask Us Anything, hashtag it AUA, and put a pizza emoji into your Ask Us Anything. If you want to win, tickets to see the 32 thoughts live show at wicket hall in victoria next week thursday january 18th that needs a what we learned what did you learn over the last 24 hours in sports and you got to put a ticket emoji into that one hashtag it wwl that all makes sense good one final hour to go don't go anywhere you're listening to the halford and breath show on Sportsnet 650